This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man. How the heck are you? It is the Monty Show. Thank God it's Friday. March 4th. 20-20-whatever-it-is. Jake, how are you, buddy? I'm just fine today. How are you? It's that Friday where you're not in a good mood. Yeah, I'm ready for work to be done. Ready? I'm, I'm, I'm good. You ready for the weekend? Yeah, I'm good. Well, uh, have a brand new segment for you coming up after you hit subscribe on this channel. After you follow us on social media, hit me on Twitter, The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show. On Instagram, on TikTok, it's all The Monty Show. M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show. And hey, a quick shout out uh, to everybody who listens on Spotify. Thank you for reaching out yesterday. Spotify was broken stuff, you know? Yeah. I don't know why. And this is going to be part of my pet peeves coming up in the new segment. Every Friday, we're going to give you a chance to just complain about what's wrong in your life. (laughs) Yesterday, it was Spotify. Just didn't upload the new show. Like I send it out on an RSS feed, which means it's one feed that uploads to every podcast portal. Yeah. And we've been doing huge numbers on Spotify. Right. And all of a sudden yesterday, they just were like, oh, yeah, your uh, RSS provider blocked us. So I reach out to my RSS provider, who is SoundCloud. Like the only thing we do with SoundCloud is they give us an RSS feed. They're like, no, we don't block Spotify. I reach back out to Spotify. They're like, oh, yeah, they blocked us. Um, then at like 3 in the morning, I got a notice on my phone. Hey, a new edition of the Monty shows available on Spotify. Take that, you clap-having Jezebel. Pricks. So it looks like the problem is solved on Spotify. And the internet works. Holy cow. Yeah, we'll talk about that too. $800 later, the internet works. Uh, we'll talk about all that, but first let's start with uh, a little bit of breaking Utah jazz news uh, this morning. And we've been talking a lot about the construction of this team in the roster. Um, and we knew that the jazz were very active at the NBA trade deadline. Um, but from what our sources are telling us now, the New York Knicks and the Utah jazz actually had many conversations several in the days leading up to the NBA trade deadline involving Donovan Mitchell to which every phone call ended. Yes. Sorry, man. Donovan's not available. The Knicks were pursuing Donovan Mitchell calling the Utah jazz leading up to the deadline, trying to make a deal happen for Donovan Mitchell to which the jazz summarily dismissed those, those requests. Yeah. And I guess Jake, I'm not really that surprised But when you hear that, I mean, I'm not saying that it was close because it was not close. The Jazz didn't even entertain the conversation from what I understand. Mm -hmm. But when you hear that, what you begin to understand is that it is a real possibility that Donovan Mitchell winds up being a New York Nick. Yeah, I think, you know, there's this narrative that goes around that, he, you know, he's from New York and he wants to play in a major market. And, you know, we've we've heard the rumblings and the rumors and the conversations. But, you know, I think right now Don, you know, is focused on being a jazz man, you know. And, and I think that Don is not in a place where he's asked for a trade or, or that's even been a thing, even though there have been a lot of people, you know, who have been saying that. And, and I think that, 
you know, will he be a Nick at some point before his NBA career is over? Yeah, probably. I, I would, if I was a betting man, I'd put money on that. You know, I do think that he'll be a Nick before his NBA career is over. But right now, I, I, I think his sole focus is on winning a championship with the Jazz. Now, will that happen? Probably not, in my opinion, but we'll see. It remains to be seen. So am I surprised that the Knicks came calling? No. Am I surprised that any team would call f- uh, another team for their best player? Not at all. Right. I mean, that's why that's how big trades get done. That's how the blockbuster deal happens. Uh, You know, that's how three way deals happen. So I'm not surprised that the Knicks called. Uh, And I'm not surprised that the Jazz said no, that it's not even a talking point. It's not a conversation. We're not doing that. So, yeah, not surprised. However, I do think if you're a Jazz fan, you need to understand that this conversation can change in a heartbeat. All it takes is Don saying, yeah, look, I want to be out and I want to go and play for the Knicks. And now all of a sudden that that conversation has shifted. So that's why players in the NBA have the control, not teams. Players ultimately will decide where they play. You know, look no further than the Ben Simmons situation, right? So that's that's what I think you just have to be careful of with, with this thing with Don. Yeah, and I, I, I want to make this very clear. I have, I have said this repeatedly. This is going on six weeks since we first reported. The Jazz and Donovan Mitchell have talked about this exact scenario multiple times. The Utah Jazz have been very clear with Donovan Mitchell directly to him. They are building around him. He is their guy. They are going to spare no expense to build a championship caliber ball club around Donovan Mitchell. They are going to put him in a position um, to win multiple championships, which, which is what Donovan Mitchell has said he wants. But I also understand that Donovan Mitchell has never demanded a trade from the Jazz. He has never said, I'd like to play somewhere else. He has never said, I want to be a New York Knick right now, make it happen. Don's never said that. What he said is, I don't want to waste the best years of my career losing. I don't want to be in a position where there is no championship in sight. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell has enough money for the rest of his life. And he understands that going forward, he will continue to make a significant amount of money in the NBA. Facts. Donovan Mitchell wants to win rings and he wants multiple rings. And if he doesn't see that happening in Utah, that's when I think things will dramatically change. But as it stands right now, the Jazz have told Donovan Mitchell, you're our guy. We're going to spare no expense and no effort to build a championship caliber club around you. The New York Knicks absolutely should call the Utah Jazz on Donovan Mitchell. Why would they not? Yeah. They would be derelict if they did not. The Jazz should absolutely do exactly what they did at this point and say, no, we're not trading Donovan Mitchell, which is exactly what they did. If you look at the Knicks situation, and we've talked about this on this show as well, they have Leon Rose, who used to represent Donovan Mitchell as his agent. He is in their front office. They have Johnny Bryant, the former Utah assistant coach, on their bench, in their organization. They have an infrastructure that is familiar with Donovan Mitchell. By the way, Donovan Mitchell's a New Yorker. His dad works for the Mets. This is nothing new. This is not shocking. What I would say is that this summer, again, remains incredibly important for the Utah Jazz. They have to remake this roster. I think they know that they need to remake this roster. They've effectively told Donovan Mitchell, we are going to remake this roster. Yeah. And I also think, Jake, and this is what we talked about at the deadline, I I, I think that when you look at the, the deals that were out there for the Jazz 
to make, there were very few deals. They, in my opinion, could not have made a transformative deal at the deadline. And I think the real sticking point into why the Jazz were not involved in a blockbuster is Bradley Beal in Washington. Mm -hmm. And it is as simple as Bradley Beal is going to get a Supermax extension from the Wizards this summer. If he had been traded, that option likely goes away. So is there a sign-and-trade to be had for Bradley Beal? Sure, maybe there is. Is he going to sign with Washington? On some level, he is. There's there's no question about that. Right. But what I will say is that doesn't mean he'll be there. He will be in Washington. But to get the money that he wants and that he's eligible to make when he opts out of his deal and goes to free agency this summer, Beal has to do that deal with Washington. Right. And I think that is why he hasn't been traded to this point. I think that is why you see that the 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 Washingtons, the Bostons, the blockbuster trades that were out there in the Eastern Conference did not happen because they simply the the guys are not ready at this point in time. The summer is when you can make those big deals happen, when free agency opens, sign in trades can happen, major contracts can be moved, which they cannot be moved at the deadline. It is far more difficult to trade a max player at the deadline than it is in the summer. Mm -hmm. But I think this summer now, I don't think there's any doubt that the the Utah Jazz will be one of the most active franchises this summer. Yeah, I mean, that's what it's shaping up to be. And I think that, you know, if you're if you're the Utah Jazz, you got to you got to hit you got to hit this summer. You know, you got to really find a way to get this team moving forward this summer, you know, and, and hey, maybe they make a deep playoff run this year. Who knows? I, I don't know. But what I am saying is this is not a championship caliber team. You know, we're, we're going to get to to who Vegas is saying is the favorite to win the NBA title. But what I'm telling you is it's not just us saying that there are a bunch of teams better than the Jazz right now. And, and I think that. You know, at at the end of the day, for this team, you gotta you gotta get more athletic and and you gotta get more versatile with the guys you have on the floor. That's the biggest thing that stands out to me. You know, and and I don't think that, I don't think it's beyond this front office to trade Rudy Gobert. I don't. It's just my opinion. I, I don't have anything to go off of, but I don't think it's beyond them. I think that that it just is a deal that has to happen in the summer. You know, and if that happens, if they were to trade Rudy Gobert, that would be a a a clear signal to Donovan Mitchell that they're changing the narrative of this team and they're going to change how we play basketball in Utah. And I think if you trade Rudy, you're, you're probably getting a new head coach. You're probably getting basically a fresh start. And I think that's one of the most controversial topics Mm -hmm. with jazz fans. I think Quinn Snyder is one of the most loved and hated guys in this town. Because there's a lot of people frustrated with the way he runs his player rotations. There's a lot of people frustrated with the way that this team plays. There's a lot of veterans in that locker room. And and again, this is not new. We've reported this for over a month. Um, there is frustration amongst the veterans um, on this team that there is no accountability, essentially. There is a lack of accountability. We've heard repeatedly that you know Donovan Mitchell, as we told you, and Rudy Gobert are not friends. They're mm-hmm. not close. And there has been significant friction between those two. I don't think that means that they can't coexist in a locker room. But I will again go back to the point that Rudy Gobert is not a championship caliber player in today's NBA world. Right. And I understand he's an elite defensive player. I understand he's really important to the Utah Jazz. And you could make the argument, as many do, that he is currently, as this roster is constructed, their most important player. But there's no doubt Donovan Mitchell is the best player the Jazz have. 
And if I'm the Utah Jazz, Jake, I do exactly what they're doing, and I go all in on Don. Yeah. And if I can trade Rudy's contract, I trade it. Yeah, and I think that, you know, if if you go all in on Don, I think that does a couple of things. Number one, I think it, it, kind, of, it, it kind of elongates Donovan Mitchell in a Jazz uniform. You know, if you send that clear message and that message is backed up through actions – you're gonna get you're gonna get a good positive vibe from Donovan Mitchell, you know, as you would with any player of his caliber. Now, I think the challenge for the Jazz is okay, great, let's trade Rudy, but what does the team look like if we do that? What 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 are we what are we gonna go after? What is the what is our goal when when we say hey we're gonna build around Don? Okay, great in concept, but what does that actually look like? How does that actually pan out on the floor? You know, and, and that's why I think this is such a tough thing to talk about at this time in the year because you don't know who's available. You don't know what your options really are. And that's why the summer is going to be fascinating because once the season's over, like once once you're eliminated from the postseason, you know, and it's just a couple of teams left playing for the NBA championship, you're basically waiting for the finals to end, but you're having conversations. You know, you're you're strategizing, you're looking at who potentially would be available. And then you have to get after it. And that's where I think this whole Danny Ainge, you know, dynamic comes in. You know, that's where I think the the D Wade, you know, dynamic could potentially come in where, you know, you want Danny Ainge to be, you know, kind of scoping out the landscape and seeing who's available. And if he needs to utilize D Wade and his player relations, he's going to do that, you know. And that's why I think this front office could be pretty successful building a championship team yes. in Utah. I, I think they have the right personnel in the front office. I think they're pragmatic and they're in their real logical in their thinking. And while yes, I was disappointed by the trade deadline, as you just said, I don't think they had a lot of moves that they could go and make, you know? So I think naturally it was going to feel underwhelming, but at, at the end of the day, again, when you get to the summer and this season's over, I would not be surprised by some pretty major things going down. Yeah, I, I think that this is going to be one of the busiest summers that we've ever seen in the NBA. And I think when you look at some of the names, I mean, the Lakers last night got humiliated Again. Um, by the Clippers. And obviously they both play a crypto, but I mean, they the, the Lakers got humiliated. Um, I, that roster is going to be dramatically transformed. And I can't believe that there is not major regret and that Laker front office that they did not make that Russell Westbrook to Houston trade. Yeah. Um, I look at Damian Lillard. I think he is a prime candidate to be traded um, out of Portland. I look at De'Aaron Fox. I look at uh, everybody in the Western Conference is open for business. Um, I think the Phoenix Suns realize that that window is awfully small for them, and they are going to have to figure out what to do with Chris Paul and how much longer he's, an, he's a guy. The Dallas Mavericks probably know they're outgunned. Um, what is Jamal Murray going to be like? There's all these questions up and down the Western Conference. Yeah. And I can't believe a team like Golden State sits tight with Wiseman and Kaminga. Um, there's too much value there. And they're in a position where, you know, hey, is, is Andrew Wiggins a long-term fit now? Is Klay Thompson the same guy? Yeah. Just those storylines alone. And then you add the Jazz into that. And you say to yourself, well, this is a team that's good, not great. Yep. This is a team that, and we're going to talk about championship odds. Yep. The, the sports books in Vegas believe that there are seven teams in the NBA better than the Utah Jazz, mm -hmm. um, which means you're not close to winning a championship. I can point to the Eastern Conference, the Knicks, Washington. Um, there's a lot of people who think the Bulls are going to go and get another superstar. 
Um, you know, I mean, you can go up and down the standings. There are deals to be made. Yeah. How intact are the Brooklyn Nets? If they don't make the playoffs because your boy came back last night and was sensational. Yeah. They lost to the Heat without Jimmy Butler. Yep. Which is, in Brooklyn, by the way, is incredibly disappointing. Yeah. This team spends a ton of money. I don't know. I don't know what happens with Bradley Beal. But I'm telling you, there is going to be major movement this summer in the NBA. And I think the Jazz have a chance to be at the epicenter of that. Yeah, there's a ton of opportunity. And that's what you need. That's what you need to build a special team. You need, yes. at a minimum, opportunity. Now, obviously, it's what you make of that opportunity. But at a minimum, you got to at least have players who are available and, and teams who are willing to talk. And so when I hear this whole, again, where the conversation started, you know, hey, the Knicks at the deadline had called the Jazz on Donovan Mitchell. I'm not surprised by that because the Knicks understand the Donovan Mitchell dynamic and his relations and ties yeah. to the city. Like it doesn't it doesn't surprise me that you would call, but I also am a little surprised that the Jazz weren't out, you know. I mean, I know we heard that they were on the phones and calling and doing things. We did hear that, but I guess I just expected them to do more with Joe Ingles. So I hope that this summer they are very aggressive and they they choose they choose action over stagnation. That's what I hope. I hope that they are out there and doing things. I think the Joe Ingles trade was disappointing. They got a ton of luxury tax relief out of it. I get that. But I, I agree with you. I wish I actually think this is a make or break summer. This summer will determine Donovan Mitchell's long term viability as a jazz man. Um, I mean, if you if you go and make a Rudy Gobert deal this summer, which I think is, you know, I'd put it at 55-45, they move him. And I've talked to a lot of people about this. And I just don't believe that Don and Rudy are the core of a championship caliber team. No, because the belief isn't there both ways, right? The, the Donovan, and yeah. again, my opinion could be wrong. But we watch the Jazz every single night. We're plugged into this team. Based on what we've heard and what I see, I don't believe that Donovan Mitchell believes in Rudy Gobert as a, as a number two alpha dog, if you will. Because I, I, if, if he did, he would feed him more. He would, he would work him more. You know, He would work with him on the floor more, but he doesn't. So I, I just don't think that Donovan Mitchell believes in him. And, and, yeah, when you talk about building around Donovan Mitchell – Put guys around him that he believes in. Put guys around him that he wants to pass the ball to, you know? Like, how long did it take to get Don to start moving the ball on the drive? Well, yeah. we're seeing it now, but it took a long time. So I would be curious to see how Don's game evolves if you put good, legitimate talent around him that can really score on their own because you don't have that right now. Yeah, and, and I think that what's interesting is is that you have the opportunity – to really remake this club. I mean, you can do almost anything you want to do. It just depends on what you think you have. And from what from what we've we've understood for months now, Danny Ainge fully is aware that he doesn't have what it takes to win. Yeah. He knows that. And I think that right now you're dealing with the one big elephant in the room. And that is twofold one you have a guy in Rudy Gobert who is a couple of things not popular with his teammates um because also from what I understand he he is not a guy in Rudy Gobert that takes a lot of self-accountability 
right? And so there's a lot of frustration with that. Mm-hmm. And then you the 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 other side of the coin is he's not he's not a guy that can play at a fast pace in the NBA and be effective either defensively or offensively. We saw that I mean very clearly in the Houston game, but on the regular when teams go fast against the Jazz, it limits Rudy's ability to rim protect. Yeah. Because he's not able to just run rim to rim anymore. And we saw it going back to the Clippers series. We saw it several times last year. Um, and really in the last three years where a team is going to scheme Rudy Gobert, really you'd ideally like him to be in the corner because it puts him in a, in no man's land. It gets him away from the paint. Like if he's at the top of the key or extended, he's near the paint. Yeah. You want him away from the paint in the corner. So he's limited defensively in big moments. And he makes $41 million a year. Yep. That's a recipe for trading a guy. <clears throat> How that deal happens, I don't know. You coughing or something? No, I'm saying it's it's rough that he's making $41 million $41 a year. $41 million a year. It's rough. You I, know, there's like, no doubt about it. It's, it is, you know, all jokes aside, it's hard to swallow. It is not a good contract. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, what's interesting is just talking to an NBA guy, I think that there is a, a common belief that the New York Knicks are going to move on from Tom Thibodeau, which would almost be a prerequisite for any Donovan Mitchell trade. Yeah. Because Don is not that guy. Yeah. And Tom Thibodeau is a guy that is very hard to play for. Yeah, he's an asshole. Tom is not easy to play for. We've seen that in Minnesota. We certainly saw that in Chicago. I think we're seeing the, the love affair is over in New York. So... The Knicks, I think, know that they need that one iconic guy. I think they believe that guy is Donovan Mitchell. I think the problem for the Knicks is the Jazz also believe that. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. Let's get your comments in here. Uh, Teddy Wayman, good morning to you. Tanner Plummer, hey, guys. Hack Podcast says, hey, guys, hey, guys. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Cody Strickland says, morning, guys. Great day last night for the Jazz. It was. Um, And Garcia says, morning, Murka. Rudy Sanchez says, morning, fellas. Uh, and Garcy says, I've been saying for a couple of years, now Donovan, no D, Mitchell, and Zion, if he ever gets healthy in New York with the next two to four years. I don't think Zion Williamson is a fit with the Knicks. I'm not sure that he's a fit with most teams, to be honest with you. I, I think that's a really tough equation. Yeah. I don't like think where that, does he fit? What does he do as a player, do you think? Well, I mean, I think it's I think he's a transition player. I think he's a player that does really well when he can be in a motion offense where he's moving and then, you know, you're working matchups and getting him on a smaller guys. And I think he's good at bully ball. That's what I think he is. You know, it surprises me that, you know, he's lost all that lift in his game, but he is dealing with a foot injury. So I don't know how long maybe that affected him or plagued him, if you will. But now they're saying that he's in a better spot and that he's improving and that, you know, he's finally able to walk again and do full weight, you know, full contact stuff. So we'll see. I don't know, man. Like, I think the the thing for Zion is that he's not seven feet tall. So you can't be, you know, 300 pounds, dude. You got you to gotta lose that weight. And I know we make a lot of jokes about, you know, him eating too many Twinkies. And Fat. like, yeah, like I just think that he needs to lose some weight, get in shape, and his role on the floor will be expanded. Right now, I'm not so sure that he's – got a particular role. I think that he's just somebody who's out there playing in the flow of the game. You know, I, I don't think it's not like you can say to him, Hey dude, you're our four today. Yeah. You know, like he just is a guy. 
Yeah, I, I think what's so interesting is y- there's risk in every player. Mm-hmm. I think from the jump, Zion Williamson was really risky, but how many general managers could have passed on that athletic ability? And I understand why they drafted him. But my question is, how quickly do the Pelicans realize they made a mistake? How quickly? I, that's a tough question. I, I mean, I if I'm them, I already think I did make a mistake, to be honest with you. Well, you have to have thought about it. Yeah, I mean, and, I don't think that I don't think that you can say that Zion has worked out. You know, he hasn't. I mean, what has he done for you? Pretty much nothing. So, and you know, and you know what? I think they rectified their mistake with Lonzo Ball pretty quickly. Um, and the Bulls are now paying that price because Lonzo just does not stay healthy. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people who'd make the case that the Anthony Davis trade was, you know, was real interesting if you're the Pelicans. But I think they won that trade. Though. Yeah. I, I, but listen, the Lakers won a championship. Yeah. So, so let's not. For, and that's one of the interesting things is I think a lot of people forget that the Anthony Davis trade won the Lakers a championship. Yeah. So, I mean, they technically won the trade, but. Now they're terrible, you know? Like, so I don't know. Well, it's... and I, I also think that Anthony Davis is a big part of why they're terrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy just isn't healthy and doesn't play. Um, but I look at Brandon Ingram. I think they turned Josh Hart into C.J. McCallum. Um, I mean, I think they're winning. I think they continue to win that trade. Really? I think I think Brandon Ingram is – I mean, he is an elite player. I don't think he's ever a superstar because he's just too low keys. That's not that guy. Yeah. But he is he is a guy that every team would like to he have on score. their roster. Yeah. yeah, he can score, man. And he's long and he defends well. Yeah. So I I think I don't know. I think that's an interesting question, probably for a different show. But my point is, when you look at, at what's gonna happen this summer, I think Zion's one of the guys that could get moved. I absolutely do. Um I'm curious what a team like Charlotte's gonna do this summer. Yeah. Who's to say? Because that team's team that's, close. That's that's last year's Memphis Grizzly team. You know, I mean, that's a team that can beat you. That team, Miles Bridges is filthy. You're not trading him. Him and Melo are going to be on that team for like five years. And Terry Rozier, for everything he's not, I mean, he is what you would like Jordan Clarkson to be. Doing like, a job. Doing a job. Doing like a job, scoring bro. consistently. Like if that guy, I, I don't know, man. I, I I think it's it's interesting. It's an interesting conundrum. Um, I disagree with you on no D Donovan Mitchell and Garcia. And I know that's your thing. Um, Tanner Plummer says this is effing America. Mm-hmm. James Knight. I don't know what happened to your comment. Um, this is fucking America. James deleted his comment that a bunch of people commented on Q. Sam says, good morning. Eric C says, morning guys. Happy Friday. Amen to that. Yeah. Uh, Tanner says as a jazz fan, it's nice to hear, uh, Don wants to stay in Utah. I don't know that Don wants to stay in Utah. We didn't say that. What I'm telling you is, is that Donovan hasn't demanded a trade yet. Which is a big difference. I think that he sees that this is his team. I mean, that's the conversation that Jazz fans can't get away from. This is Donovan Mitchell's club. This is his team. The Utah Jazz are Donovan Mitchell's team. Yeah. If he goes to, and the bigger question is, we all chase what's green, right? Like on the other side of the fence, the grass is always greener. It looks more watered. It's got beautiful, you know, mower stripes in it and shit. But here's the question. You hop the fence and all of a sudden you see all the dandelions and brown spots. <laughs> what happens when you get to New York? Because you're not certainly going to win a championship as a Nick. If it's the Knicks as they've always been. Now, with the change in that front office and the structural differences, 
and it would seem that Jimmy Dolan's kind of more out of the way and Leon Rose is more running things. Yeah. Okay. You know, there's some things to talk about there. But are you assured if you go to New York, you're going to win a title? No, if of course you, not. It, and my guess is if any trade happened, it would be a multi-team deal. This would have to be – this would have to be three teams, four teams. Yeah, no doubt. Julius Randle would certainly have to be in that deal. I mean, right? I, I don't know how – how do you make that trade? Yeah. And, and keep Julius Randle if you're the Knicks, just based on salary alone. I mean, listen, every team involved in that trade is making a choice to change the direction of their franchise. You know, you're, that's that's what that trade's all about. You're making a choice to yeah. to to move on from what you had and start fresh with someone new and see what see what that looks like. So, you know, I think, yeah, Julius would have to be involved. I don't know who the third and fourth teams would be, but they but would I, have to I be would involved. Think, I would think that you would have to you would have to think that the Celtics are going to be busy this summer. Yep. The Jazz and Celtics tried to make a Marcus Smart deal. The Jazz couldn't get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at De'Aaron Fox. That's a guy that I know the Knicks have liked for a long time. Yep. You know, is Sacramento get pulled into that? They, I mean, they're all into making the playoffs this year. I get that, which is, again, why they're going to make deals in the summer. De'Aaron Fox and Harrison Barnes have value around this league. I'm telling you that right now. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see there. I mean, are you telling me that you're going to trade De'Aaron Fox after trading Tyrese Halliburton? I don't know. I'd be shocked. But. But they did the Halliburton deal. So who are we talking about? And they are the Sacramento Kings. But you, you, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're absolutely calling them. Are you not calling about Wiseman and Kaminga from Golden State? Absolutely. You Hell are. yes, I, I am. don't think they're going to trade Kaminga. I think they will trade Wiseman. I think, I, and I know, again, I just keep saying it. Kaminga's a stud. The keep guy, it real. I can't. I don't know how long I'll say it for. Bucket but getter, dude. Until you come around on Kaminga, that kid is a stud. You're casual. I'm telling you, it can happen. James Knight says Donovan Mitchell needs to turn the ball over less if he wants to not waste his years. I think you're seeing that. I think that's a great point, James. I think you're seeing that now because the turnovers for Don have historically been, hey, let me drive into the paint, try to get some crazy layup or dunk, and it turns into a turnover. The other night in Houston when he was falling down and somehow kicked that ball to Conley in the corner, that's usually a turnover. But I think when he gets into the paint, now he's thinking more kick than score. Yeah, I still – I still – I still have to agree with James that he turns the ball over more more than he should. You know? I would agree with that, I think, too. I think, yeah. you know, the other night in Houston, he did make that play, but then there were like three or four other ones where, you know, he, he's in the paint and he just simply turns it over, you know? The and, play where he drives deep yeah. and then tries to throw it back out top, that's always a turnover. It's, well, it's a high-risk play, you know, because yes. once you're caught in the air, it's over. I mean, you're either going to be able to make that pass or you're not, and if you're not, it's probably a turnover. So... You know, I just, yeah, I tend to, this, and this is the conversation around developing the mid-range game. Everyone thinks the mid-range game means, well, can he make a shot from the elbow? Yes, he can make a shot from the elbow, but what I'm talking about is controlling the game in the mid-range, yes. controlling the pace with which the defense moves, controlling where the ball goes, you know? Mid-range is not just scoring. Yeah. Mid- mid-range, and I think a lot of people don't understand, that mid-range is passing out of the paint. Mid-range is dribbling through the paint continuing through, you know, like mid-range is just, as you said, controlling the pace and the flow of the game. Now, when you look at the best mid-range players in the game, the the Bookers, the DeRozans, the Chris Pauls, Chris Pauls 
Those guys all have five spots on the floor where if you put them in that spot, it's going in the hole. Durant last night. Kevin Dur- Oh, my God. Kevin Durant last night, lethal in the mid-range, right? That's part of it. But what you see with, with the best players in the game, the reason John Morant isn't the best point guard in the game yet is he's still dunking instead of passing. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it probably takes a major injury to change that. But I just think Donovan Mitchell's at the cusp of really being spectacular. Cold-blooded, clean, I'm all in on Don, and I know a lot of people disagree with me on this. I, I get a lot of heat for this on YouTube and Twitter, but he's a special talent. Donovan Mitchell's a generational talent. Mm-hmm. And I think it, 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 this summer he is, uh, he is going to work his ass off on the mid-range. He needs footwork, and he needs mid-range ability to score the mid-range jumper. Yeah. He can already pass it. And when you have that ability to Euro in the paint, and when you have the ability to step through in the paint, which he does, now adding a mid-range jumper from anywhere inside the arc just makes you a killer. Yeah. And when he adds that piece to his game, Donovan Mitchell becomes – I mean, I, 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 I got he's probably top 10, top 7. If he adds that to his game. Now, the other part of this is your guy, Kevin Durant, is also a, a really good defender just because he wakes up and his arms are 80 feet long. I'm Kevin Durant. You know who I am. Will Don ever be an elite defender? Probably not because, as you always say, he's, he's a little guy. He's undersized. I just think the, the size thing, everyone's like, oh, well, the size thing doesn't matter. Well, actually, it does matter in certain situations. Yes. You know? It does matter. I mean, it matters in, in terms of the matchup he's got. It matters in terms of, you know, what shots he can get and what shots he can't get. Last night, Kevin Durant, uh, you know, the Heat rolled out a zone, a zone defense for like five, six possessions in a row. And Kevin Durant goes right to the elbow in the middle of the zone. They give him the ball, and he just turns around and shoots over the defense, mainly because he's 6'11", right? So when you're 6'11", you obviously have advantages that a six-footer does not have. But what else did he do that I loved? He set up LaMarcus Aldridge for those little top-of-the-key shots. Yeah. Which, that's what makes Kevin Durant elite. I think Kevin wants to score every time, but he knows getting other people involved does that. Look at the play that Seth Curry missed that three. Yeah. Kevin Durant got him open without Wide ever open having look. touching the ball. Kevin Durant never touched the ball on that possession, but because he ran through the paint, stayed out at the top of the key, took a double team, they were able to move in reverse and get it back to Seth. Now he missed the three, but Kevin Durant allowed that to happen. Yeah. So I don't know that Don will ever be at that level. In fact, nobody will ever be at Kevin Durant's level. I, I truly think for Once his age lifetime. group, yeah, for his age group, Kevin Durant's the best player that this generation's seen. Um, you know, I don't put him in the same generation as LeBron. Um, I think LeBron is his best. I think I would take Kevin Durant over Steph. Um, I mean, I, I, I would take Kevin Durant over Giannis. I would. I mean, there's not – I don't know anybody I would take over Kevin Durant. Yeah, I, he's I, the best I just, player in the league right now. I hate know? that he's been hurt so much lately. But when you rehab an Achilles like that, the knee injury is is certain. But to I come. also think they're taking a lot of teams are taking their time with the rehab. I mean, there's just no reason for them to rush him back. You know, like, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, as long as you get guys back, this is what Denver's doing with Jamal Murray. I mean, as long and as Michael you get him Porter. back, and it, 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 Michael Porter, whatever, Mister Scientific Genius. Right. Uh, anyway, don't no. 
Dude, Mr. I... Fucking vaccination genius scientific expert, you fucking asshole. I sent that clip to Jake again last night. That's Michael Rappaport ripping Cole Beasley for dropping a pass. It's <laughs> amazing. Yeah. But, and Michael Porter Jr. is notoriously anti-vax. Mm -hmm. He's no Kyrie Irving. But mm -hmm. anyway, here or there. Um, let's see. And Garcia says, new material, possible Quinn replacements. Um, if Don went to the Knicks, he'll just have the New York media criticize his every move, which he does not get here. No. By the way, real quick. Because it's a pet peeve Friday on this show. Um, Did anybody see a certain member of the Salt Lake, um, you know, city jazz media cheering on the Clippers to beat the Lakers last guys, night? Grow up. Like, what are we doing? It's just, it it's is so petty ass. It's it petty, is, dude. It, the fandom in this group of media members is ridiculous. It's a joke, dude. It's ridiculous. It's a joke. Um, and Garcia says, Stephen A. Smith is a damn fool. I agree. Jeremy Bolton says, hi. Hello. No, no Alex Caruso smack talk, JB. You're well, casual. You know, uh, Mr. E says, who would, who would be a good center to replace Rudy? I mean, a younger mobile big. Who's the best team in the NBA right now? Uh, the Suns probably. The Suns or the Heat? The heat? Bam, Bam out of Bayou. Yeah, perfect example. Defensive player can shoot the jumper, um, can shoot a little turnaround jumper, and is great in the paint. Runs a Jaren the floor. Jackson Jr. esque player. Oh my God! Did you see that block on Tatum last night? I didn't. Jesus, I'm Jaron Jackson runs the entire length of the floor. This is what Rudy can't do. Jaron Jackson from his basket sprints the length of the floor. The Boston Celtics are on the run. Jason Tate. Jason Tatum gets the ball. Free throw line extended right. He is up at the basket, ready to dunk it. And out of nowhere, Jaron Jackson comes from behind and blocks it clean as a newborn's bottom. I'm thrilled. That was one of the best blocks of the year yeah. last night. And that, that guy, I, Bam Adebayo is the perfect example. Thanks. He runs his ass off. He's athletic. You can give him the ball. He can score. And he plays with the right mentality. And you know? he understands he's not the number one on that team yeah. or the number two or the number three. He understands that he's the number one when they need him to be. Yeah. And it just, it makes a huge difference. I mean, Bam Adebayo blocking Kevin Durant's shot last night is yeah. exactly what you need. Yes. And then Kevin Durant getting the ball right back and hitting a little jumper is exactly what you need. <laughs> like, that's the that's the prototypical center. But if you look at the best teams in the NBA, the Golden States, they play Draymond Green. They play Kevon Looney. They play Kaminga, Wiseman. Mm -hmm. Young guys that can run and do multiple faceted things. And young pass, guys who know their role. Pass, dish. You can't build a team around a center yeah. unless his name is Joel Embiid. Yeah. And how many centers have we seen in the last five years that can do what Joel does? Not many. None. Zero. I don't even think Jokic does what Joel does no. from a mentality standpoint. Jokic is Jokic is a guard. Yeah. He is a he's a distributor, a guard. He is a facilitator. He is a back to the basket. I get that. Yeah. Nobody does what Joel. 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 And excuse in my me. Eyes, he's the greatest to ever do it. It's not Joel. It's Joel. Nobody does what Joel does. Joe does. <laughs> LOL, Kwame Brown. Oh, whoa, comment on. I know I did not just hear the name Kwame Brown in the comments. Who do you think said it? Whoever came up with that shit need to be fired. 
James Knight. God, dude, you guys are amazing. I really appreciate you. Uh, Tanner Plummer says, uh, LOL, Kwame Brown would hey be guys. a good replacement for Rudy, Mr. Hey guys. E. No, he wouldn't. Uh, Mr. E, Lopez Adams or a center by number gets you two or three bodies to fill the post. John Jackson says the Jazz must be very active this summer. Kawhi and George will be back next year, and that team will be top three in the West. I'm telling you, Reggie Jackson not retiring. Yep. I, it, it's amazing how well he's playing. I, I he's just made money. But dude, can I just say the fuck? The Lakers are so bad. Yeah, they're they're awful. He's a bum. And I mean, they're getting an incredible. It's embarrassing. But they're getting like an incredible performance out of Malik Monk. Yeah, but it's embarrassing how bad the Lakers are. Losing by thirty to the, the Clippers is is they like, can't defend. It's a sin, dude. And the quality you're getting out of Carmelo Anthony, what you're seeing out of LeBron. And they just Russell Westbrook because just the reason, can't contribute. The reason that this is happening is, be, and this is what often happens to the to the to the Lakers and several teams who just throw things. This is what happened to the Celtics. You can't just throw a team together and think that they're gonna work. You know, injuries aside, obviously they've had a lot of injuries, but but at some point there's got to be the core of the team's got to have some some glue to it. You know, like. Like, Braun, bringing Braun in, okay, I get it. You're the Lakers, makes sense. All right, cool. You know, bringing AD in, okay, cool. Braun and AD and everybody else, I like that. That's why they won a championship, because you had Braun and AD leading the team and everybody else could just be in the background. When you brought Russ in, that messed the whole thing up. Now you got three instead of two, Yeah. and your cap is screwed, so you can't make moves. That was a mistake. And they're going to fix that mistake. Yeah. And you know what, what I think is hysterical is this guy, Brian Maxwell, on Twitter. Oh, God. Here we um, go. The Knicks, are, as an organization, lack the assets to even pretend they could trade for Mitchell. The Knicks can't use other teams' assets even in a three-team trade. Every trade participant will need value for their assets, value for value. There is no scenario where the Knicks can get Mitchell right now. Zero. Like, I don't know what <laughs> New York Knicks team you're talking about. If they have a water polo club that I'm unaware of, let me know. I mean the the Knicks then yeah it yeah. the lack of understanding among Jazz fans on how trades works is a little shocking. I mean it is it is strictly most times it is strictly a numbers game. When you're trying to move a guy like Donovan Mitchell and you're trying to get player per, for player or dollar for dollar, dollar value that's likely not going to happen. Listen, you can make any trade you want to make. Let's be clear on this. Anything can happen. You just have to match the numbers up. You just have to 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 make things work. If you are the New Orleans Pelicans and you're trading Zion Williamson, mm -hmm. if you're the New Orleans Pelicans trading Anthony Davis, if you are and think of any of the major trades that have happened, if you are the the Brooklyn Nets trading for James Harden, what are you willing <laughs> to give up? You were trading Ben Simmons. You held on and held on and held on. You had multiple deals available for Ben Simmons. And you traded him to the Nets. And you traded him to the Nets to get James Harden. Because that's the deal you thought you wanted to make. Yeah. And that's what this ultimately comes down to. If you're going to trade Rudy or Don, you're going to get the best deal you think you can get. Period. Is that money? Is that players? Is that picks? It's probably a combination of that. Mm -hmm. But it is simply what you are willing to take back in return for, for Donovan Mitchell. Mm -hmm. And not understanding that three and four team trades 
happen in the summer on a regular basis. If you, if you look at the if you look at the Sacramento trade, the Halliburton deal, if you look at the Harden deals, multiple Harden deals, anybody can be traded. Yeah. Anybody can be traded. The Lakers have one of the worst contracts in the NBA right now in Russell Westbrook. And they had a deal for him. After the street closed Davis. And they had a deal for him. Anybody can be traded. It's just simply a matter of who's got the wherewithal to make the deal and, and who's going to win and who's going to lose. Yep. There's a sucker born every day. Let's settle this right now. Okay, a couple more and then we need to get to Vegas thinking that the uh, Jazz are not very good. Cody Strickland, what do you mean it was? Golden State lost and Memphis lost and the Lakers lost. Right, but why is that a good day for the for the Jazz? I don't understand the connection in that comment. Yeah, the Jazz are not So wait, let me so you're 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 saying that the Jazz are chasing Golden State. I don't see there's not a scenario in my mind where the Jazz catch the Suns or Golden State. There, there's there's just not. Yeah, it's not I mean, happening. I guess if if you look at it, um, you could make you could portend to say that they could catch Memphis, but they would have they'd have to win th- these next three games would go a long way to them potentially getting back to the fourth spot. But I mean, you're two and a half games behind Memphis. You're three games behind behind the Warriors and you're 10 and a half games behind the Suns. You're not catch. I don't think you're catching the Suns or the Warriors. No. I mean, it's too far, man. Come on. The, the Warriors are three and seven because they haven't been healthy. They still haven't had clay and Dre back and they just got clay Thompson back last night. So I, I mean, I, I just don't see how you win the volume of games you would have to win, and you'd have to assume then that Memphis and Golden State just don't win many games down the stretch. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what you're when when you're playing when you're at sixty three games. What do you have? Nineteen games left. Yep. I mean, to make up ten and a half games in nineteen, the Suns would have to lose every game. To I mean, even to make up three games on Golden State. It's going to take a monumental outcome. And, I mean, even based on what we saw in Houston the other night, it's not likely that that's going to happen. I mean, yeah. you're going to New Orleans tonight. Then, I, I mean, you're, you're, you're back-to-back with tough games on, on Sunday and Monday. I, I, I just don't, I don't know how There's that – There's not room for it. There's I don't not. know how that's realistic. And yeah. I, I'd love it to happen. I'd love to see the Jazz get to the number one spot have home court advantage throughout the playoffs. That's just not going to happen. Um, I'd love to see them. I mean, getting getting to the three, you know, what does that put you with Denver? I'd frankly rather stay in the four and play Dallas. You know, like, so everybody gets all bonered over, oh, well, we got to get to the three. Let's get up to the second spot. For what? For what? Right now, you know, the, in the second spot, You'd be playing the Timberwolves. Yeah. Is that a series you want right now? No, it's not. I don't think that's a series you want right now. I think out of the Nuggets, Timberwolves, and Mavericks, I'll take the Mavericks. I, with home court advantage, I'll take the Mavericks. Yeah. By the way, you only have a two-game lead on Dallas, and you play them Monday. Yeah. You know, like, it, it's just not the – that's why I'm saying, like, it. 
I and Cody, I I I love your passion. I love every everybody's passion about the Jazz. Think about what you're hoping they do. You're hoping that they go play the Denver Nuggets in the first round of the playoffs. You're uh, hoping that they go play the Minnesota. You want you really want Minnesota in a seven game series? My fucking ass. I mean, you probably win that series. But you you really want to play with Minnesota, who's f- much better, and they have a guy in Carl Anthony Towns, and they have a guy in Anthony Edwards and Patrick Beverly, and mm-hmm. no, I'm good. I'm not really looking for that series. Yeah, I'm good. I'll, give Quite me the must. yeah, give me the Dallas Mavericks. All right, let's get to these Vegas odds. We're running out of time here. Okay, hit it. Vegas odds okay. here. Uh, the Jazz are what seventh? The Jazz are the seventh <clears throat> favorite uh, to win the odds. The okay. teams above them in order. The Heat are sixth. Are the Jazz better than the Miami Heat? I think it's close. It's I think the Heat are close. better. I think the Heat are better. It's very close. I uh, Above the Heat, two spots above the Jazz is the Milwaukee Bucks. I think clearly the Bucks are better. I would agree. Three spots ahead of the Jazz, the 76ers. I think the Sixers are the best team in the NBA right now. Yeah, so I think they're better. The Nets are real interesting, dude. The Nets are a very interesting team because – you know, if Kyrie's on the floor mm. with Kevin, that's a different team. You know, so which version are we getting? I think last night's Nets yeah, team is not I, better than the Jazz. I think Kyrie and Kevin together is better than the Jazz. So, yeah. and then of course you've got Golden State and Phoenix, which I we just spent 20 minutes talking about how those teams are better. Yeah, Cody so. Strickland says that Jazz are the fourth seed because they weren't healthy. I'm so tired of this narrative, dude. Nobody was healthy. Nobody is like, healthy, dude. The injuries. The- the Golden State Warriors are are missing arguably their most important they player. They missed their they didn't have Draymond or Clay for like 70% of the season and they're still better than you. And like, by the do way, you understand that? You're the one of the least impacted teams by COVID. Like you should have been making hay. It all equals out, man. It all equals out. I think the Sixers are the best team in the in my my top 5 right now. Mm-hmm. The Sixers won. I think the Heat are number two right now. I think the Suns are number three. And then four or five is a real toss-up. Memphis has to be there. I think Memphis – I want to put Memphis five. But I also think, like, look at Milwaukee. I, the problem is I don't know what Golden State is. I do. If Dre and Clay are healthy and playing, I think they're probably that fourth team. Yeah. No, I think I – think- I think everyone's underrating the Warriors. I think the Warriors are biding time. The war- remember, see again, the Warriors have been here before. The Warriors have the, the the postseason experience. Those three together will play well. I'm not worried about it. They have the chemistry to step right back on the floor. They're not like the the Nets or the Sixers where they got to build chemistry. They're fine. Yeah, I I think when you look at when you look at who the Warriors haven't had. And the importance of Draymond Green to that team. Mm-hmm. I think when you look at, like the Bulls are really interesting. You know, when you look at playoff series and the- what a team does in a playoff series, the Dallas Mavericks, the reason I like the Mavericks matchup so much more than Denver is I think that Dallas is going to play slow plotting basketball. That's not a team, even with, with you know, Doria Finney-Smith or... You know, Dwight Powell jumps out of the gym, but Rudy Gobert should should be effective in a series against Dallas. So the Bulls are the 11th and Dallas is 12th. I think I think in the regular season that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. 
in a series, though, I don't think the Bulls are physical enough to beat almost anybody in a series. I think that Dallas is just too damn slow. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why the Jazz would – I. I'm look. I don't want anything to do with Denver. If if it's true that Jamal Murray and and MPJ are coming back, I want nothing to do with that. Yeah, I'm good. I'm, um, I'm good. I look at Minnesota, and I I know that Minnesota is vastly underrated by most people, and people just look at the numbers and they're like, oh, look where they are in the standings, Dick. And it's like, well, yeah, but look where Houston is in the standings, and I got to tell you, I, I I don't know how, and it's probably because. You know, I just have no life. I watch a lot of Timberwolves basketball. Yeah, I mean, they're fun. they're a fun team to watch. And I look at their win at Golden State the other night. At Golden State, you won. It, or no, I'm sorry. That was at Minnesota, my bad. Against Golden State the other night. And I look at the game that they got from D'Angelo Russell. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I want nothing to do with that team. <laughs> like 22 <laughs> points from D'Angelo with only two rebounds and three dimes, 15 points, you know, like, yeah. you, or excuse me, my bad, 22.7 dimes, two steals, three rebounds from D'Angelo Russell. Patrick Beverly only plays 22 minutes, scores seven, uh, 10.7 dimes in 22 minutes. And they get 20 from Malik Beasley off the bench. Torian Prince gives him 11. Oh, by the way, we haven't even talked about Carl Anthony Towns going 39 and 9. <laughs> Facts. I want nothing to do with Minnesota if I'm the Utah Jazz. Oh. That is that is a fast, up and down, three-point shooting, piss you off defensive team. Keep it real. And Carl Anthony Towns is that dude. He is not going to take an a just a moment. To, he's not even going to take a glance from Rudy Gobert. So yeah, I said it. I don't, I want. I'll take Dallas over Denver and Minnesota. Yeah. If I'm the if I'm the Utah Jazz, to hell with that matchup. Yeah. I I just am not interested in that. All right. Okay. Fifty four minutes of power. Yeah, power. I watch a lot of Timberwolves basketball. Equals. I'll take things I'll never say for five hundred. Jeremy Bolton says true. Absolutely true. You know. Um. Cody Strickland says, I'm not trying to be a casual, Monty. Yeah, casual. But the Jazz was number one team in the league, both standings and power rankings in Vegas until the week they got COVID. Okay. That might be true. Cody, Cody and every other, every other Jazz fan, what does the regular season mean in the postseason? What the fuck does one thing have to do with the other? It doesn't mean anything. Number one seed bounced in the second round. It doesn't mean anything. It, it means nothing. You look at the, the NBA playoffs come down to matchups inside of a series and winning matchups in that series. Who wins, Carl Anthony Towns or Rudy Gobert? Mm. Well, Shout I'm going to tell you that it's Carl Anthony Towns because Carl Anthony Towns is a shot blocker. Uh, like I look at Memphis in the, in the Jazz. You want to know why you don't want the Memphis Grizzlies? Because Jaron Jackson Jr. is the third best shot blocker in the league. And their help defense. Like, the other thing that people were on me about yesterday was the Memphis Grizzlies. Oh, they suck. Look at how bad they were last year. Hey, man, like that's cool. 
I get it. That's last year. That was last year. Do you not see how much better John Morant is this You're year? You're so fucked. Do you not see Desmond Bain? Do you not understand they've been without Dylan Brooks and they're still elite? Um, how do you match up with that team's athletic ability in a seven-game series? Who picks up Ja? On on their own. By the way, which three Jazz men are going to pick up Ja? Um, and then who's going to defend the three-point line? Because they regularly, regularly break the paint to kick to the three-point line. Mm-hmm. Like he want? Do you understand that John Morant's stated goal in life is to dunk on Rudy Gobert? I want it. <laughs> the playoffs are all about matchups. All you got to do is get in. Just get in. The one eight matchup is going to be a dogfight in this yes. league. Yes, it and is. And I, I just, I'm sorry, man. I understand that you guys want to point to, to postseason and regular season and. Man, but we were number one in January. Who gives a fuck about January when it's June, man? <laughs> like, I, I don't understand. Like, and we got so much heat for the Clippers series last year. So much heat. Oh, I, he's in Paul George's head. Yeah, okay. Oh! And all the, all the Clippers did was exactly what we said they would do. Fexes me. Because it's a seven-game series where you have to win the matchups in the series. Yep. So you have to get Rudy Gobert out of the paint. How do you do that? Well, you switch on the pick and roll. Well, the problem is when you switch on the pick and roll with the Minnesota Timberwolves, who, well, you're talking about Carl Anthony Towns. Okay, well, who's big enough to defend him on the block? Well, it doesn't matter because he wants to shoot threes out of the pick and roll. Is this the dagger? Okay, so then Memphis. Okay, we're going to pull, because let's all agree, right? Let's just agree on this. The Jazz biggest weakness is Rudy Gobert's defense in the playoffs. That's pretty much self-explanatory. That's their biggest weakness. So, okay, let's pretend that they wind up with Memphis. Dude. They're going to pick and roll with Jaron Jackson Jr. and Desmond Bain. Yeah. And you're going to wind up with Desmond Bain being checked by Rudy Gobert and somebody's brother being checked <laughs> on Jaron Jackson Jr. We're getting somewhere. And he's <laughs> developed the ability now to pump fake out of that three. <laughs> and what they usually do in those switches is they give it to 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 him. If if Jaron Jackson's not open for a three, they're going to do a dribble handoff to Ja. And now my question is, where's Rudy Gobert? Oh, well, Monty, he'd be back in the paint defending the rim. Okay, well, then who the fuck is watching Desmond Bain in the corner? <laughs> because Desmond Bain's Bro. knocking the three down at a pretty good rate. <laughs> Fucking awesome today. <laughs> but I'm serious. I'm serious. Like, this is... Uh, quote, who the fuck is watching Desmond Bain in the corner? Like, if you look like, at Desmond Bain's numbers... Yeah, who was watching Terrence Mann? Nobody. Yeah, Rudy watching him dunk. <laughs> but, like, I, so I, these are the way... This is the way you have to look at playoff series. Because teams are all about their tendencies. Yeah. The Utah Jazz, their tendency is exactly what happened. Guy, do you understand that that Clippers series was almost a year ago? Still talking about it. And you're the but the, why are we talking about it? You did the exact same thing against Houston a year later that you were doing against the Clippers defensively. Makes me want to puke. So I'm just saying, bro. Like when you look at Desmond Bain, okay, and and it's just the matchup thing. So Desmond Bain. Yeah. Do you have any idea what Desmond? Somebody in the comments, guess what Desmond Bain shoots from three. I don't know three. the number. I'm going to take a guess too. I'm saying it's 37. percent How about 41.3 percent from three? 
Jesus. How about Desmond Bain shooting? What's up, motherfuckers? Forty-one percent from three. How many attempts? How many? Do you still have the stats up? How many? Does it tell you how many attempts that's on? I'm gonna tell you right now. Um, second-year player Desmond Bain. Yeah, yeah, they they don't improve. They sucked last year. Yeah, right. Idiots. Um, he's shooting seven threes a game. Jesus, dude. That what is that? Uh, four and a half fish. Three. Three, 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 three out of seven a game. And this was the argument on Twitter yesterday about about what's his name, the center in Houston, C- Christian Wood. Well, Christian Wood, that was a fluky shot. <laughs> oh, it's a fluky shot. Do you know he shoots thirty eight percent from three on the season? Well, get your well, facts straight. Well, Rudy, he was knocked off. Uh, it was a, like this guy on Twitter yesterday is like, it was an offensive fall on Kevin Porter. Rudy wasn't backpedaling. He was pushed off balance. Oh, please. No, he wasn't. So I tweet the video at him. Please. Right, because I have the video on my phone. Right. Rudy's backpedaling. Oh, well, you're not going to respect Christian Wood. That's a once-in-a-lifetime shot. No, it's not. Uh, dude. It's not. Get the hell out of here. He had an open look on a guy that shoots 38% from three. You're going to leave him open? Anyway, but I, that's my point. I still want to go back to... Who the fuck is watching Desmond Bain in the corner? That's an all-time line, dude. <laughs> you knew, and Cody says, actually, Monty, you said Jazz in six over the Clips. I did. I did say that. But what did we tell you? That series was going to go all the way down to the wire, and you just knew that the, the, the mobility and the athletic ability of the L.A. Clippers was going to be a problem. And even after Kawhi got hurt, like the Luke Kennard explosion is what really bothers you about that series. Paul George is a star. He's going to get his. He's always going to get buckets. But the, the problem was that you had Avica Zubats kicking out to a wide-open Luke Kennard, and people were like, well, I'd rather have Luke Kennard beat you. It's repeatedly. not the best situation, and we all know that. Repeatedly. And Terrence Mann, because – anyway. Look, if you want to die on the, on the fucking – if you want to die on the Memphis, if you want to die on the anybody but Dallas Hill, go for it. You want to die on the Timberwolves Hill? Patrick Beverly will will walk all over you for it. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Die on those hills. I'll take the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah. I'll, they're, Sorry if you're offended by that. They're a team that's slow. Their superstar's not quick. He's not be, He couldn't beat Rudy Gobert to the basket. You can handle them. There's matchups there. You're going to win. You're better. Yeah, you better. can handle them. Boyan Bogdanovich can play in that series. Yeah. Mike Conley, they don't have a point guard that's better than Mike Conley. I, I, you know, Bogey Brun- or Tim Hardaway? I'm probably taking Bogey. I, like, Brunson is, is an issue for Mike Conley, but Mike can hang in that in that series. The, the problem is that Mike can't finish in the paint right now or hasn't shown the ability to do so consistently. Yeah, it's been a rough year for But he can fans. still shoot the three, and he can still run the pick and roll at an elite level with Rudy Gobert. Mm-hmm. The problem is Powell can jump out of the gym. Powell's the guy that has to play really well. That Powell would have to play really well for Dallas to win that series. Yeah. Because Luka is going to be the Paul George of that series, right? Like, yeah. he's going to get his. Well, the difference is, is they don't have Kawhi to go with Luka. Exactly right. But they but they also don't have the Terrence Manns or the – you know, Dorian Finney-Smith is a hell of a player. You know, is he hitting the fadeaway corner three? I don't know. We'll see. I, I, all I'm – Cody, you're not wrong. We just disagree. Is this the dagger? You know, it, it is. It is. It is what it is. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. Right. I mean, it just. It is what it is. All right. Should we talk about stupid dog names or do the pissed off thing? No, let's do the pissed off thing because we're running out of time here. All right. New segment on Fridays that we're going to do for you. Um, we want to hear about the the pet peeves in your life. I the, want the you things to come that upset into you. Here. 
come into the comments and bitch about your life. What's upsetting you Please this week? Do. Like what 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 is the issue this week? Because this week's been quite the week. So would you like to begin? It really has. It really has. Um, <laughs> Where to begin? Spotify yesterday. Because Spotify kind of exemplifies this entire week. On a day-to-day basis, and I'll even go as far as to say for 364 consecutive days. Yeah. You just put the podcast on the RSS feed and everybody's happy. Yeah, take it. See ya. It's good to go. Right? <laughs> Yesterday, put the podcast on the RSS feed. Hey, we're good at Apple iTunes. They do a lot of business for us. Right, right. Uh-huh. We're good at iHeartMedia. They right. do a lot of business for us. Right. We're good at Stitcher Radio. They do a lot of business for us. Right. Yeah. But who's our number one? Spotify is our number one. Well, it all worked out, didn't it? No. Because uh, for some reason, the RSS feed didn't supply a show to to Spotify. That's what fucking takes me to fuck off. And you call. You, well, I, I'm sorry. I, I made the mistake of saying call. Because you can't call anybody anymore. So... You email support at Spotify, and they're like, oh, it's it's a SoundCloud problem because SoundCloud provides our RSS feed. You call, oh, I'm sorry, you can't call anybody. So you email Spotify do or you email SoundCloud. Do they answer? Do they answer? Nope. No. You know why? Because they're in fucking Germany. <laughs> so they answered at 3 in the morning. And whatever was whatever, somebody figured out, hey, got to plug in the Monty Show plug over here. Yeah. 338 or whatever it was. Bing. Dicks. Spotify says there's a new Monty Show available. What a joke, dude. Come on. That happened to me with Google yesterday. Spotify. The internet thing. The internet thing's a perfect example. The internet thing. The internet works. Nine days out of 50, the internet from CenturyLink works fine. Right. So you call a guy, he shows up hey, on time, this guy. on time, rips my utility room apart, puts in a whole new internet internet infrastructure, takes CenturyLink out of the way, and what do you know? The internet works just fine. You call it's quite Cent- simple, so I don't know why motherfuckers be overcomplicated. Call CenturyLink and they're like, yeah, it sounds like a you problem. No, our internet's fine. It's really fast. So you find out you're paying for unlimited giga- gigabyte? Yeah. Not the way it works. Turns out you're getting like 200 meg most of the time on your one gig. So, you know, you're using dial-up speeds. And then one other thing that pisses me off. Yeah. Why do we not care about each other? Oh, boy. Why, why do we not care about each other? It drives me crazy that I wear a mask into Chipotle mm-hmm. a couple of days ago. And some guy is all upset, like staring at me and... I go to the gym occasionally and some guy will come up to me and be like, hey, can I ask you a question? The coronavirus. And I got to be like, no, fuck off. And then it's like, you know, fucking Mr. Prostate in L.A., Dennis. (laughs) Like, why do we not care about each other? Why do we cut people off in traffic? Why do we flip people off? Why do we yell and scream at people? Because we're selfish. We're selfish. We only care about us. We only care about perception and what people think. It's just not where life is lived. Yeah. And so it drives me crazy. We're, 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 we're too busy, you know, shelling nuclear plants in, in Ukraine to care about other people. So this perfect point. The Russians are trying to destroy the world, the Ukrainian's largest 
nuclear plant. And on TV in Russia, the state-run media is telling them that um, it's a defensive operation and that the Ukrainians were going to attack us here in Russia. Um, they're telling the kids in their schools and on TV, well, Ukrainians are the bad guys. They were coming for us, so we had to go defend ourselves. That's what they're telling the kids in Such Russia. Such a joke, dude. Dangerous and I, misinformation. And then you got this guy, Zelensky, who has survived three assassination attempts this week. They're bombing apartment buildings and they're targeting Jews in Ukraine. And people, I, it just drives me crazy. It just drives me crazy. Anyway, your pet peeve, sir. Man, I, I think the mask one is definitely on point. Um, I think the one of my pet peeves right now is that my Apple Watch dies constantly. It's so annoying to me that I have to charge my Apple Watch every day. Well, it bugs the hell out of me. I would agree with that. It's annoying, and I don't want to get a new Apple Watch. I'm not in the mood to get a new Apple Watch. Not really wanting to. Like, it's not. It's just not my thing. You know, I like my Apple Watch, but I wish the battery lasted longer. That's number one. Number two, I wish the weather would be a little more consistent. Yesterday, it was 60 degrees out. Do we all realize that? It was 60 degrees out in Salt Lake in March. But then this weekend, we're going to get snow. This is what's happening. The whole global warming thing is a problem. Yeah. It's a problem, you know? And then... I don't know. What's what's another? I mean, the internet thing was what pissed me off this week. I was so upset. What was it, Tuesday, when the show just dropped? Like, the show just turned off. Out of nowhere. Just out of nowhere, just turned off. It, and it is. And this is why I say, I'd love to hear your pet peeves. Yeah, so what are some of your guys' pet peeves? Just unload them in the yeah, comments. let's like, hear some of them. What are the things you deal with on a daily basis that annoy you? I, I, I There's no doubt. There is no doubt in my mind that... Companies like CenturyLink take us for granted. Yeah. Companies like Spotify Verizon. and SoundCloud take us for granted. Companies like Apple take us for granted. You know, uh, James Knight said, I wish my penis was a little longer, but hey, we don't always get what we want, LOL. <coughs> Giggity says, fucking HOAs. Amen to that. Hey, there you go. Oh, See? my God. See? Yes. See? Cody Strickland says that the sausage McMuffin and breakfast burrito are now $1.29 at McDonald's, and no one is talking about it. Bro, the sausage. What was it before? Let me just point this out. The sausage McMuffin with egg is the greatest breakfast sandwich ever. Only second to the yeah. extreme sausage sandwich mm. at, at Jack. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's what pisses me off. There's no Jack in Salt Lake. Yeah. Yet. And what really pisses me off is I can't get one. Yeah. Uh, Force G says, Jake, buy an automatic watch and put it on your uh, right hand. It will run forever. You'll constantly be winding it. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Women winning in divorce. Well, that comment got filtered. Wow. Women winning in divorces. Dude, divorce court is and will always be in favor of women. And some, in, in some ways it should. Yeah. Listen, if we're talking about child support and okay, cool. If a woman gave up her career and 20 years later you were banging your secretary, there's a price to be paid for. Daddy? <laughs> we almost made it. We almost made it. Uh, Plenty of jacks in Salt Lake, just no jack in the boxes. Right, Truth, right. diggity. Truth. Right. No fat Jesus. I am not going to read that comment. I am not. But divorce court is always slanted in favor of the woman. And like I said, in a lot of cases, it should be. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of cases that shouldn't be, mm -hmm. you know, like 
I, I, dude, if you don't have a prenup, if you have anything of value when you get married, don't be stupid. Get a prenup. But it'll um, hurt our feelings. Well, that's life. Yeah, that is what it is. Ask Adele about a prenup. Go, go research Adele's, Adele's Kim divorce. Kim K and Kanye. Yeah, Kim K and Kanye. She's officially a single woman. By the way, what were you thinking marrying Ye, man? His name is Ye, by the way. It's no longer Kanye. <laughs> he casual. legally had a change to Ye. So can we please respect the man's privacy? Hello. Um, hello. What were you um, What were you thinking? Um, You've got that big old booty. Um, You're worth trillions of dollars. Yeah. So you married Kanye West? Yeah. How is that going to work out ever? I don't know. What do you, you know, like, I don't understand it. I really don't understand it. So that drives me crazy. Uh, I sense Mrs. Monty is about to pick up the mic, James Knight says. <laughs> Tanner says, I was going to make a political comment, but I don't want to get canceled again. Um, Jeremy Bolton says, Cafe Rio giving me soggy-ass tortillas every time these Dude. days. Cafe Rio is the Caruso of restaurants now. Well, I'm telling you, Mrs. Monty Spawn is only off. allowing me to eat Chipotle. She will not allow me to eat a Cafe Rio Good. anymore. Good, um, so, you know, I'm just, I'm just a methane factory over here. Um, it drives me crazy that I order Chipotle and I get the tortilla. I, i I structure my calories. I'm trying to stay at 2,499 calories or less. So 2,500 right. calories a day. Yesterday I walked right up to the line of like 2,480 something. <laughs> I ordered a, a Chipotle vegan burrito essentially with uh queso on it. So not vegan. So not vegan. But I like all the other stuff they put in there. Vegetarian. Yeah, I'm not eating meat right now. Yeah, so um, vegetarian. So vegetarian. But I ordered the vegan bur burrito. They have a vegan burrito. And then I just added queso to it. Okay. So I wrecked it from being vegan. Right, there. yeah. But anyway, my point is right. that they didn't wrap it. Like, yeah, they're, they're, my, their wrapping game is weak at that Chipotle. My wife brings me the burrito, and she's like, she sets it down on my desk, and she's like, I, I, I want you to know this feels very loose. <laughs> <laughs> it feels very loose. So I open the burrito, and it's because half the burrito is open. Yeah, see, you got you to gotta go with the bowl, dude. So go you, with the bowl and get the tortilla on the side. So you pay for the queso that's leaked out all over the foil wrap. Yeah. Yep pricks yeah dude anyway uh ruff's official yeah oh, oh boy remember when biden extorted ukraine to stop investigating his crackhead son here we and go. instead got 80k a month spot on the energy company i don't remember that here we go tanner says Zelensky's a legend james uh, tanner i was gonna get a you got to do it tanner say the political comment yeah just do it already cody strickland says i make 34 an hour and it's not a lot of money to live these days amen to dude. that dude. mrs monty and i were talking about this on the couch last night um she went and got me a towel because i was nude and i was sweating all over the leather Daddy. but <laughs> but we were sitting on the couch talking about how the labor force oh, has changed man and that tech jobs are plentiful and that they're competing by paying outrageous salaries and what's happened is the salaries have gone up so the the consumer cost index and inflation have gone up and i just don't know where it ends it doesn't it i don't know where it ends either but fake news on the naked sweating on the couch just what saying, like what do you mean no, but I will with your wife. Not. What do you? Yeah. What do you? I was. What do you mean? Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. Okay. But I, I actually was thinking about this yesterday. 
when I went to go pick up our lunch uh-huh. was that like a living wage now. I mean, it's, it's got to be like I was like, if you're not paying somebody at least twenty dollars an hour. And I thought about this because I saw these landscapers and there were some guys I thought. It's not who you typically think you would see as a landscaper. And I thought, you know, maybe they're paying. And I was like, I know people are having to pay more. Construction, landscaping, they're all having to pay more. So maybe, you know. Anything labor is getting paid much more now. You know, those but the people who are making below $20 an hour, at first, I don't even know how you survive. I don't know. Not right now. You know, and I know people do it. And that's really, really rough. But I just don't understand how we think that anything under $20 an hour is a living wage. It's not. Cody said, I bring home to the house around 8 k a month and after taxes and expenses, just not a lot left. It's oh. BS. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the money that I make, and I'm not going to tell you what I make because it's none of your business, you grubby money. Keep grubby it bumps. real. Anyway. Um, okay. Annie, that was probably too much. Yeah. Uh, I, make yeah. A, I make a really good living at mm-hmm. Yelp, right? But the taxes, uh, and our taxes are not bad here in Utah. And they're outrageous. Unless you're a single guy. And the, yeah, <clears throat> unless you're a single guy who owns no property and has really no deductions. Yeah. Sorry if you're offended by that. Good luck. Um, but it's outrageous. The money that I give, and I, I, I fully contribute to my 401k. I have a Roth I contribute to. I have a, I have a, a, um, a separate investment account that we contribute to. Mm. I have a, a, an E-Trade like. Yeah, but those are not. Those are after tax. Your your Roth right, but and your E-train. I'm trying to yes. offset as much as I can. But that doesn't offset your taxes. There's no way to stocks does not. But my my Roth does and my and my IRA does. My 401k does. Yes. Yeah. You know, 401k 401k is pre-tax. But the stuff you're trying to do to make money, where you're putting like I have like stock at work, like. All these places I'm trying to grow my money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to grow it exponentially more because everything is more. We're paying $22 for a burrito bowl and a burrito at Chipotle. Yep. And I don't even get the guac. Yep. And I'm still paying $22. Yeah. You know, it's outrageous. Gas in California is five fifty nine. Yeah. That's gnarly. You're not making money. You're not. You know, like Ruff's official, I, I don't know what you said. I'm going to guess you went political again because your comment got filtered. Uh, Monty earns a million dollars. Ha! Not. Jeez, I wish. I'd have a, <laughs> I, I'd have a jack-in-the-box. Right. Um, Eric C. says, try living in Cali, Cody. Love it here, but can't wait to move out of the state one day. Ding. That's we why were, we left. I, I mean, yeah. we knew we were never going to be able to buy a home in California. And the first time that we moved to Utah, we bought our first home. I don't know that the money we make now, and we've never made more money than we make now as a couple. Well, I don't think we could live comfortably in LA. I don't. I don't think we could live the life we want to live and work for ourselves and be independent, making the money we're making now. We'd be house poor. That's the problem. Yeah, you're paying a million it, bucks for a house. And and not a good house. Mm-mm. You're paying a million bucks for a 1,400 square foot, 1950s home in westminster which is not bad it's good it's only 10 minutes to the beach yeah but uh your neighbors have chairs on their driveway because they also have like three generations of family Mm -hmm. living in the home because they're all trying to afford this million dollar home that's really not that nice i just don't know i don't i don't know man i don't know where all this ends but it's it's funny everybody's saying first world problems i don't know that it's first world problems anymore because everything is so expensive. Have you tried to buy a car lately? Like, have you tried to buy groceries lately? 
we went to the store the other night and I was sitting there paying the bill thinking to myself, dude, what did we buy for $84? Like, what did we buy for it? We bought fruit and cereal and it was $84. Mm -hmm. It is first world problems though. Let's not mistake that. We are not. But not as it has always been. Pooping outside. We are not like. Sure, you know, but we, how many we can actually buy that food where some people are are yeah. in you know uh, you know f- food islands where they can't get much food like we have first world problems but I do think that there's there's some sort of collapse whether that is I, I mean climate change is is real I don't know if you guys saw that timeline where like they they said that there's a section that's like, you know, we've been telling you about this. We're seeing the results. And then there's like, oops. And then there's too late. And it's like, we're at the oops. Like, oh, oops. We didn't pay attention to what you're telling us. Yeah. And now we're almost too late. They're predicting catastrophic fires and droughts for the West. Yeah. Australia is flooding, flooding. more than in a thousand years. Like, and it's scary flooding. Hey, kids. Uh, Eric, Eric C says Utah would be the dream state for me. All four seasons, great outdoors, nice people in the jazz. Yeah, except that. Except now it's our, in California. Our winter season is starting to go away more and more. Yep. It's getting hotter and hotter in the summertime. Like, yeah, ideal. I the love it here of because air, of that. The quality yeah. of air in, in the valley is brutal. We get another fire brutal. season like last year. Our summers are going to suck again. Like, because we can't even breathe outside. Yeah, the fires in Idaho are, were terrible last year. It's very depressing. It is. Anyways. Anyway, well, thanks for coming to the show, Buck. Yeah, this is uh, real you know, Last time right, we're ever yeah, having you yeah, on. Right. Yeah. Nice reason. Good yeah. Lord. Okay. You know. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. My yeah. in-laws live in Sunnyvale, California, 1,200-square-foot condo, and they could easily sell it for $1.3 million. It's ridiculous, yeah. dude. Yeah, you could. Yeah. Tell Mrs. Monty that I poop outside sometimes, Cody Strickland said. I would if I could. Um, Cody, like, no, just don't do that. <laughs> and Garcy says, I'd trade the mountains for ocean or Lakeview any day. Uh, it was great going to the, o- the go- going to the beach last week, taking the dogs oh, to the dog beach, yeah. taking a two-mile walk down the shore. <laughs> that was not bad. Yeah. But you can't live in SoCal right now. You can't, you can't live in California, period. And, and I don't know that that changes in my lifetime. I don't think it will. No. I really don't. And that's why I'm telling you, man, stop collecting paychecks and start working for yourself. You got to get to a point where you are not working for the man because until you build generational wealth, you're never going to be secure. You're not. It, it, it's just the way the world works right now that you have to get to a point where you're making enough money in your daily job to put some away to do what you want to do. Because we all get caught up in this thing. We're like, well, I don't want to go to work. Okay, well then fucking be homeless. Yeah. Because it doesn't work like that. If you'll just grow up and recognize that you have to go to work, put some money aside, stop buying Jordans every Friday and the shoe drops, right? Put some money aside and go chase something. Yeah. Because I'm telling you, it's not as far as you think it is. And anymore, the problem now is that paychecks are very attractive because so many people are paying outrageous amounts of money to, to for work that used to be, you know, damn near minimum wage. And the minimum wage, most people, I I would think most minimum wage jobs are now $15 an hour or close to it. Because if you're not paying that at a minimum, at a baseline, you're not getting people. Even if the federal minimum wage is not 15, I think that, are you okay? I almost dropped my microphone. Yeah. 
Yeah, the federal minimum wage, I don't remember what it is now, but... Stupid low. But, like, even if that's not it, like, if you're not paying yeah. at least 15... You're not getting anybody. You're just not going to be able to get Because the high quality. school kid's not working at McDonald's anymore. Nope. You know, like, it is It is really... And we're trying to open up a business. And I'm telling you, one of the things I worry about is labor. Yep. Because you're, you're going to have to... You're going to have to pay a whole lot of money. And at some point, this labor market will come to a crashing halt. Because I think there's going to be, I don't know, this Russia thing. And we can all joke about Russia and Ukraine and Biden's kid and, you know, the tangerine Twitter machine. And what we can all joke about that. Mm -hmm. It's not it's not a joke anymore. Nope. Like Donald Trump withholding military aid from Ukraine for four years, essentially, has become a problem right now. And you look at what's going on in Ukraine. If the Russians had breached that reactor, the... You turned on the TV this morning and the headline was that the Russians were shooting at a, a nuclear reactor, the largest power, nuclear-powered plant in Ukraine. And it was on fire because the Russians had fired munitions at it. This is a code 10 abort. That's the world we're living in. So if you think this is funny, it's not. And I'm telling you, you could flip on the TV right now today. How many? I'm waiting for the catastrophe in Ukraine to turn into a world war. Because at some point, mm -hmm. at some point, somebody's going to have to do something. Yeah. Because you've crippled. This is the dark night line. Did you really think that you were going to go and cripple the richest people in the world and Russian oligarchs and Vladimir Putin? Did you really think there weren't going to be repercussions for that? Did you really think they weren't going to push back? Mm-hmm. You're taking their yachts and their villas and their money. There's the, hits out on Putin from the oligarchs. But are you kidding me that you think that he wasn't going to... He doesn't give a shit about that power plant. He went through Chernobyl already. This is not... Like, Vladimir Putin's not, like, been in power five years. This guy's been a lifelong American-hating Russian asset. And you're telling me that you think you're going to take that guy's money and cripple his economy, which the world effectively has... And you think he's just going to lay down and pull out of Ukraine and we're all going to give him his money back? Mm -mm. That's not how this fucking thing works. No. Like, we're, we're, do you understand that like Norway and Switzerland are trying to get into the EU now? Like, they've applied because they're terrified. Uh, what are we doing? This is where the world's going. So, if you're just waiting and hoping, I don't know what you're waiting for, but it might not be there at the end when you're done. So, anyway, there's my, my piece. Okay, good. Good. Okay. All right. Good. Glad I could bring a rain cloud to your world today. It's going to rain today. My, it is going to rain today, and hopefully it snows too. I hope it snows. Uh, a couple more, then we got to go. Got to, uh, got to go. Have a great weekend, everyone. Go jazz, Eric says. Working eight to ten hours for the the man, or work twelve to fourteen hours as your own boss. Most don't want to work the extra four hours per day. That's probably true. Yeah. And Garcy says, when I sell my home or give it to my child, plus life insurance, the start of a generational wealth. How long's your home going to be worth that? If the world economy collapses in World War III, how long? How much is your house worth? I have $200,000 in equity in my house right now today. I'm not counting on that being there a year from now. I'm really not. I'm just not. Kay Nuren says, yes, just wait. Didn't we get enough rain and snow this winter? More fires. We Better did, hope we get we way more rain and snow. get enough. No. Um, <laughs> Putin only attacks Ukraine when liberals are running things. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Monty, you should join the climate change scientists because we all know how much you love telling people I told you so. I really probably should. I really probably should. You can play the music. Wow. We get no money. We got no jobs. Our pets' heads are falling off. 
Okay. Well, I hope you all have a good weekend. Yeah, wow, this has been really good. Show me on the, uh, show me on the, uh, find me on the mountain, Jeremy Bolton. Are you snowboarding this weekend? Hey. Hey, hey. You know, let's, uh, let's go, uh, you know, let's go have some fun this weekend. Be well. Appreciate you guys being here. Thanks for listening on Spotify. Until Monday, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.